Housekeeping matter, no fire drills are intended, so if the fire alarm goes off, follow me out into the car park. We are being broadcast. Please turn your mobiles off. And first substantive item, we have apologies from Councillors Caton and Reeve. And Councillor Day is substituting for Councillor Reeve again. Thank you very much indeed. How nice to see you again. Again. Were you here last time? Minutes of the previous meeting. Does anybody have any amendments or are these a fair and accurate record of our deliberations two weeks ago? Good. Everybody content? May I sign Thank you very much. Not sure we'll manage to be out the door by 8.35 today, but we'll do our level best. Responses of the Executive to reports of the committee. Uh, I very much doubt there are any, as we haven't raised any issues with the Executive as yet, but if anybody feels I'm in error, please tell me. Good. Consideration of any matter referred to the committee in relation to a call-in of a decision? None that I'm aware of. A matter was referred to me in respect of a purchase from the housing revenue account, which I approved under Chair's action, and it seemed a terribly sensible action to be taken by Councillor Lees. Cabinet forward. Chair, sorry, uh, was that the same one discussed at Cabinet? Or a different, yeah, okay. Cabinet forward plan. Um, to note, I can't see anything that is going to exercise us, at least for the next month or two, in the proposed business of Cabinet. I'm sure more uh, controversial matters will arise in due course, but not at present. Is that Councillor Reeve? Uh, sorry, I'd just like to... Sorry, Councillor Evans, my apologies. That's all right. Um, I'd just like to ask a question in relation to the provision of documents. The plan... Um, suggests that documents can be obtained from the particular officer whose name is given in the right-hand column. Um, that's, that's, obvious, that's obviously very um, logical, but it does mean that anyone wanting to have access to that information needs to make the request specifically. Um, but would it be possible to consider creating uh, a library of resources uh, into which uh, one could dip uh, and actually look at these documents um, as and when it might be necessary rather than to make individual specific requests. So that's a question really for um, the officers to perhaps consider and come back on. A sort of scrutiny committee intranet type of thing? In, indeed. I, I, it's a general point yeah. which I've made actually in, in, in other contexts as well. Um, but I think that it, it, a library, an intranet, an accessible um, uh, source of information, documentation, saves time, would save time. It would provide transparency uh, and I think might be a useful uh, way of proceeding. Would officers care to comment? can comment briefly. I mean, I think possibly the heading is, is a bit misleading because the, the things that will um, be published or will be available are basically going to be the reports to the Cabinet um, and there will be a list of background papers with a report and a contact for those. Um, I mean, I suppose it's possible that it, it, you know, other documents could be made available in advance if, if they're around, but I suspect that... Uh, 
a, a, a library, if you like, would be a bit of a sort of rag bag, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much value it would create in terms of, uh, you know, its purpose. Uh, if uh, I'd, I've not really understood what you're suggesting, maybe we can talk about it uh, and, and, and look at it. But I mean, there would be resource implication, and it, you know, to have just a sort of collection of miscellaneous stuff is, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the value would be. Yes, what I, what I had in mind was simply to have a library by uh, topic with um, headings and so as and when a document was created of relevance that it could simply be uh, dropped into that library without any kind of editorial provision. So in terms of uh, resource, I wouldn't have thought that uh, if it were done in that manner uh, it would really require a great deal of um, time and so on. Uh, other than um, simply plopping the document in electronically. But it would mean, if that were done, that one wouldn't have to search through cabinet papers and find materials. Uh, it would be a case of those documents would be searchable, effectively. That, that's the reason for my suggestion or inquiry. Could officers go away and give it some thought, as it would seem to have potentials both for economy and transparency? Thank you. Councillor Evans, anything else, or are you content? Sorry, thank you very much. Scrutiny work programme. Um, that really is the major item of this evening, to populate that but we're going to go it in a slightly roundabout way by discussing a number of broad principles. Um, if I may, I'm going to move the agenda around slightly as both Mr. Glenday and Mr. Brown have quite long distances to travel. So we'll take their item first and so they can get home at a sensible and reasonable time. Is everybody content with that? Yes, he's got his bus trip, hasn't he? <laughs> um, gentlemen, um, as I hope has been made clear in various discussions, email and face-to-face, -face, um, the purpose of this committee is to help the council in its broadest sense improve its services to its residents and its council taxpayers. So thank you for coming. Um, we're not here in some sort of mission to prove anything, or as I said, looking for a gotcha moment. Quite the opposite. So what I'd like to do, if I may, is ask you to speak for, perhaps between you no more than 15 minutes, but don't feel obliged to speak for as long as that, and lay out the areas that you think are of interest that need to be addressed in planning. We know there have been certain difficulties we know you faced resource constraints, and I'm sure that there's a great deal more nuance and complexity to all the, the issues reading the press or listening to ill-considered <coughs> remarks. So please feel free to be as open with us as you can. Thereafter, if you'd stay for a few minutes for some questions, that would be very kind as we can contextualise our work programme for the coming year. As you've probably seen, there's two issues we wish to address, planning obligations and major planning applications, but don't feel that you have to restrict your comments to those. Gordon.
<coughs> Thanks, Chair. <coughs> I'll start off, and then I'll hand over to Nigel if any more specific things. Um, I suppose the, if the panel is aware of the fact that we did undertake a service review last year, of which we um, implemented a number of improvements to the service. Uh, I think <coughs> there was a tendency to feel that maybe there were resourcing-related issues, which a lot of authorities do have, and I think we acknowledge that that has been the case. But I think it's also fair to say that, and I think I speak for Nigel as well, to say that I think there was some scope for some smarter working, I'm using that term, smarter working, but a way of actually using the resources better. So we've, we've actually looked at that and um, sought to improve the way we actually work. So, for example, one of the issues that we did have was a backlog in planning applications. We had a backlog of over 100, I think it was, of something in, in that region. Um, and through a process of effectively micromanagement over the last month or, month, or, you know, month or two, we've actually brought that down to around about 40. Now, that may not mean an awful lot to members as such, but I think what it does show is that where um, we actually focus the officer's time and attention on dealing with the things that we identify as priorities, service improvements can happen. One of the things before the service review that we found was that a classic thing that people would say was that I've got too many plates spinning. So, you know, there's all the spinning plates and I don't know, I don't know what to do and some officers felt that they almost couldn't see the wood for the trees. So one of the things that the this, this, this service review was looking to do in the smarter working was to try and say, well, where are, you know, which, which plates do you need to be focusing on and which plates can you let wobble a little bit more and, and frankly, which plates can you let drop? And, or, or see if someone else can pick them up later on. So through doing that, by trying to get officers to focus on the key priority service areas that actually lead to things getting done, I think we've actually made quite a, quite a significant improvement over the last three, three to six months. And I think there's a tendency with that that officers understandably will be used to a certain way of working. And I think through the service review and smarter working, we have actually made people think about how they actually do things differently and actually do it in a, in a more proactive way and perhaps think about the actual customer at the end of it because I think, and this is focusing, when you're saying planning, it's focusing really on the development management side at this point, there's a tendency that development management process, not just here but in a lot of authorities, can be a bit of a sausage machine. It's a, it's a process with, you know, the planning application comes in, we deal with the planning application, we've got certain targets to meet. With the, with the planning application, and then you've got to get the pl planning application out the door. Whether or not we've missed a bit of a trick in, in some instances to the actual quality of the decision, that's something I think that I would say we probably have done. There probably has been some scope for improving the, the quality of decisions and the way we actually come to actually dealing with things. So obviously knowing that this was coming up tonight, I mean, Nigel and I have been talking about the Smarter Working for a year or more at least um, about how we can actually deal with that. And I think it's, it's fair to say that having, looking at this process and looking at the, the scope of this uh, panel now, I think that's given us a good impetus to actually then think about, well, how else do we actually move things forward and actually have the knock-on benefits of dealing with, say, in this instance, the planning obligations element. How do we learn the lessons from that process and apply them to other aspects of the planning process, maybe not even just in development management? So, for example, um, one of the things that we've introduced fairly, fairly recently is the planning 
Performance Agreements, the PPAs. And through PPA, what you, what you do is agree with the developer a project plan. Um, so a planning application, may, you, you may agree something like it's going to take four months, six months, or whatever it might be to actually go to planning committee. And by doing that, you actually set out the whole process with the developer so that you, you both, both sides know what the end date is and what, what the target date is for a planning application. So now someone coming in, it might be, you might say, well, actually, we're going to aim for a November planning committee, for example. And I think it's fair to say in, in the past, um, without the PPA processes in place, there was an element of, well, we'll, we'll deal with the planning application and we'll see what, what other ones are coming in and we'll, we'll, we'll dip in and out and, you know, we'll, depends if someone else takes a priority. I think what this PPA process has helped do is help officers, and, and include myself in this as well, to think about planning applications more as projects and having project plans for every, every single one. So whilst we're only dealing with that on the larger applications, PPAs, I think that now officers are getting into more of a mindset of thinking of things like a, a planning, a, a, a project that has a, a sort of beginning, middle and end. And through that project, you're then able to target more timely interventions by whether it's the <coughs> parish councils, local community, Essex County councils, whoever it might be, rather than maybe it being a little bit more of a sort of hit and miss approach, um, the way that sometimes it was dealt with in the past. So I think that, I mean, I'll, I'll let Nigel come in as well, but I think, you know, we've been talking about this and we, we, we welcome this. I mean, the way I look at this is anything that is going to lead to a better service um, for the customers can only be a good thing. Um, I think through, you know, refining and improving processes can also be a good thing for officers as well in terms of um, health and well-being as well as the way that, you know, the people operate in a, in a professional capacity. So... As far as I'm concerned, I've seen the scope, and I think you know we, we, we welcome this. Obviously, there's a there's a question of how much officer resource is going to be involved in this, but I'm I'm being assured that the task and finish group are going to take up the bulk of the work. Obviously, officers will be there to help support that, but um, I think overall it's something that we will be broadly supportive of. I don't know if you want to add in. Yeah, I just I just sort of echo. development management and word since Christmas in terms of staffing, conservation issues, anything that could have potentially challenged us has challenged us over the last six months. But that has made us much more robust in trying to work out our procedures to be smarter working for um, there's been a lot
Thank you, gentlemen. Um, Councillor LeCount, you're going to be leading the um, major planning application stream, so perhaps you might like to kick off with some relevant questions. Working? Um, if first may I ask, actually, I'm not sure that I'm allowed to actually sit both on scrutiny and the planning committee um, to, to actually forward and chair this particular working group. But uh, I, I asked Richard and asked Simon Pugh if that's, if that's correct. If it is, it's fine. I've got no problems with it. I do have some questions, though. So uh, basically, just that's very interesting, uh, what you said there, Nigel. Uh, the new planning officer, that's, she started now? Yeah. Or she's about to start? No, the Section 106 officer, Emma Barry, January. I'll confess, I've hidden her to start with because she's had to be, there's some elements of data inputting, but she's now picking up various cases away. So, um, you know, so, but, so yeah, she's been operating since January, but there's quite a lot of stuff to be put into the software system. So she's doing a combination of that and dealing with 106 queries as we go. Which brings me to my next question. When do you think this new planning system that we'll be able to go in and look, because it's going to be something like a, an Excel spreadsheet, I'm sure, something you can actually look in and look where we are? I think it'd be more refined than an Excel spreadsheet. It's, um, we're at, it's taken a bit longer to get into the as we thought than we thought it would be, but I would think probably April, May next year we'll be having everything upfront available. And we may be able to release some cases as we go, uh, but that's when we're aiming to get interacts correctly with our IDOC system, but is a web a web based process. I should also add that is also available to have the bolt on with SIL as well if that's necessary. And and so therefore it also can be project led. So if you've got a as an example, community facility in Elsenham as a project that could be the leading, that could be a project that's sitting there. So you can lead it by applications in terms of whether one has, what the 106 clauses have collected, but also you've got individual projects going forward. Um, you can search it by project. So that's where we're aiming to get to. So that's why it's a little bit, it's all about boring into input, data input in to start with, but that will, that will move forward. So I think probably April, May next year we'll be in that position. Thank you very much. I've got nothing more to say. I'd like to check, though, whether I am allowed to actually chair that working group I think we'll take advice from officers when they've had time to reflect unless you have any okay so um, if the um, the work is looking at process then what we think that is absolutely fine um, what you wouldn't be able to do is to be involved in scrutinizing any decision that you have been involved in making um, but as um, some members, well, most members will probably be aware, um, the review of major planning applications is not about looking at individual decisions made by the planning committee, which obviously is a, a, um, a regulatory body that has its own um, appeal route. And officers have been very clear to members about this all the way through this process, that this uh, major planning application review has to be about the, uh, the process of dealing with uh, applications um, as set out in the, uh, the report later in the agenda. So um, I think fundamentally um, there wouldn't be an issue with you chairing this group, although, um, as we will come on to, um, the initial stage of the PAS work is PAS looking at things themselves, talking to people, and then coming up with their recommendations about what they think needs to be done as a second stage. So there wouldn't be uh, really much, if any, involvement from the working group in the initial stage, but I think it would be probably required um, down the line. Thank you very much. I'll follow your lead then. 
Excellent. Councillor Cristiani is one of the three wise men. I'm still not getting used to that chair. Um, on that point, actually, uh, I noted in the minutes, obviously, our discussions previously on task leads, or topic leads, sorry. Um, I think it would be a huge detriment were we to exclude topic leads from discussion on particular issues, especially when I've seen the good work that Councillor Evans has done so far in, in this uh, planning and obligations work. Um, the whole purpose of the memorandum of understanding that we compiled or that was compiled by a, a previous committee uh, is to create the link between us and the executive and including topic leads does exactly the same thing. So just thought I'd fit that in uh, whilst it was topical. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Grenday, and uh, to Mr. Brown for coming uh, and for the work you do. Um, I have to say, as someone who works in the industry and has a quite a big interface with other developers, uh, authorities, um, and the leaders of said authorities, um, the kick now is with planning performance agreements. Uh, they allow for developers, applicants to resource uh, councils and it's most welcome I think. Um, in terms of the section 106 scoping report, uh, I didn't know we had a section 106 officer and that's brilliant. Um, what I would ask is uh, will that officer have a role being on the ground every day um, in tightening our processes moving forward? So in the work that we as a task and finish group look to do, it's about not only reviewing what's happened but reviewing how we can tighten up our processes and make sure we get what is right and what is necessary out of planning applications. So just to clarify, the role of the Section 106 officer is the one at implementation of 106. So you've got a 106 over here with clauses, the implementation and the delivery of infrastructure going forward. The actual making sure that uh, the right uh, mitigation is secured through 106 agreements is the responsibility of the officers. Almost all of those applications would likely to be um, applications that would go through planning committees. So the interface, and quite rightly, you picked up issues here about informing planning committee and moving forward. That is a responsibility of the whole team. So, so, so it's a me, I should add. And so, so therefore, in terms of moving forward, in terms of what we've got the and an understanding what 106 is all about. 106 is, 106 is not a mechanism to try to extract as much money from developers as you possibly can. Um, the responsibility is to, is to try to make um, appropriate mitigation and appropriate measures and because of that proposals draw on infrastructure. Now we will bore you, we'll say that you are, we are restricted by the seal regs. Um, we can put envelope of those seal regs and I think you know, there is an opportunity there to make sure that we, we get the maximum amount of mitigation from a 106 but it is not extracted as much as we can and it's, and it's all about the development has to be related about the development and you always hear that but I think to interact with the community in terms of what the community requires there's some balances going on you know maybe we were pushing for that when we've been pushing for that and so therefore there's mitigation moving forward so that is a process that needs to be driven throughout the team uh, in terms of not just the 106 officer and I'm trying to say to officers that always rest with her and me it rests with each individual officer as well perhaps send the job description for this new recruit to councillor Evans for his information um, just one question 
who's actually the overall boss of the 106 new system you're going to be working? Yourself? The 106 officer sits, and I've made a, I made a, I originally looked and people looked at me completely aghast. The enforcement, Section 106 enforcement sits in enforcement because enforcement management it. And, and there's also the monitoring role. Yes, and that's it. So the, the, the Section 106's boss is the enforcement team leaders, who, and I'm her boss, so yeah, for it leads to me. But it it's deliberately sits within the Section 106. It was working to some extent when it was sitting in policy, as a, it was a particular person was doing it as part of his general role as part of the, as part of the policy planner. It's, it's, I wanted to give it the hard-edged 106 sitting in enforcement. Thank you. So to, to go back to that point that I raised earlier, so I didn't mean to say that the Section 106 officer would take overall responsibility. What I kind of was getting at is uh, that this Section 106 officer will clearly notice along, uh, you know, along the journey, I guess, um, those Section 106 obligations that are perhaps worded in such a way that they're difficult to enact, to enable. And so I guess in reviewing it as a development management team, um, her role is going to be critical. I agree with that, actually. She's picking up some 106s, which I'm not saying are flawed, but they're not perfect. And so, therefore, in terms of moving forward, in terms of clauses, because she's implementing the 106 at the end of the day. Councillor Day, any observations? Uh, thank you both very much for uh, coming. And uh, I have to say that I've uh, enjoyed speaking the last, uh, uh, well, today and actually on Friday uh, with you, uh, Sven Day, at the Essex Planning Officers Association meetings, which uh, I found extremely helpful. Uh, but perhaps I can just pick up first on the last comment which Councillor Cristioni made uh, as regards the terms of Section 106 uh, agreements. Um, it would be obviously a good idea if they were not only written in plain English, but easily to be construed by uh, whoever has to comply with them and enforce them. And perhaps to that degree, there might uh, hereafter be further coordination with um, uh, the, uh, the uh, services of the, of the legal team. Um, could I just ask, um, before we touch later on the scoping report, just to ask, um, whether your uh, computer program, the web-based uh, program, is that a standard product or is that one which you, together with our IT department here, here have uh, developed? Uh, I, I'm just wondering whether or not it's something which is uh, simple to operate and simple to interrogate. The, the system, sorry, the system's called Exacom, um, and it was specifically a system set up the leading lights initially on Section 106 matters used to be Colchester, but used to be Colchester. Colchester had the illusion of setting up databases and all that. The guys left Colchester and set up their own database, and it's a database web-based issue through Exacom. And it's to the extent it, latch, it completely links perfectly into our IDOC system to the point where IDOCs actually recommend the Exacom system over their own system as the things to use in terms of 106. Um, I think it seems a bit, it's a bit clunky to set up, but that's our problem, not necessarily the problem. But I think ultimately, because it's all based around web, it'll be easy to interrogate when you get there. So yes, it, it is meant to be a the user, if you like, is the public, 
on the web base, and so that's that's why it is it is is easy to interrogate. So, but setting it up, it's a bit clunky at the moment. But that's no fault with the software. That's it's the interface where, and it also can inter, it can also can link into other processes, like for instance the county's process. There's quite a lot of section 106 linkages with the county and education and highways, to name but two. So therefore, if the highways have, if they are at the county, and I would encourage the county once we get there, for them to be able to have systems talking together as well, because quite a lot of the section 106 at the moment goes towards county council. So the whole idea of it being interact with other facilities is, is, is good as well. Thank you for that. In relation to county, that certainly is the case, as I've found, on the ground in relation to education, that already uh, in, um, in my ward, um, uh, primary school headmasters are making uh, action with, with county. Um, but uh, I was intrigued in, in regard to the record which we have to discover that there was a freedom of information request made, uh, I think 18 months or so ago, in, in relation to Section 106 uh, agreements. And I've shared uh, the, the data which I discovered with Councillors Jones and Christiani. Uh, it's a very basic um, Excel spreadsheet uh, only, and it's not capable of being drilled into. Uh, so I, I certainly welcome uh, a new product and uh, indeed the recruitment of a specific officer and I certainly wish her good luck. I aim for the, any FRA request we get on 106s will be responded to whereby it's all publicly available. That's the question, that's the answer I want to give rather than, you know, you know that's where we will be with XCOM because it works. Yes, I'm very pleased to hear that because that does seem to be the direction in which best practice is going um, with other authorities that more and more information is to be available easily to the community and on the doorstep uh, during the pre-election period. That did seem to be something which the residents wanted the opportunity and parish councils wanted to have the opportunity of seeing. Uh, but uh, I think that's all I've got to ask at the moment. Thank you. Sorry, Chair, I could just ask another question. Feel free. March next year, that seem that's like a long time for a piece of software to be put in place. Just, just it's the not the software. The software is in place. It's the data to be put in it. We've got a number of things, you know, quite a, and we're going back to 20. Going initially, we're aiming to go back to 2012, which is the bulk of the Section 106s that have been implemented on the ground. There are more than that, and there are other ones that. Up. So there's quite a big chunk of section 106 where each individual clause needs to be printed. So it's the data inputting is the issue, not the software. The software's there. The software's running. <coughs> so, so just 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 picking up on that point. Nigel and I were talking about that, but of course. So we're going to check to see how much money is in the budget because it could be that we can bring maybe someone externally in to do the data inputting to speed that process up and also keep the actual section 106 officer freer to do the, the, the proper job rather than doing data input. So we're going to, we're going to have a chat. It may well be that... That was exactly my question. Councillor Jones, you've been terribly patient. 
No points. <clears throat> Thank you very much for what you said. Gentlemen, um, one final question from me, if I may. Um, big area, a small local authority in terms of the number of staff and in terms of the population, but you've got local plan, which everybody has. You have a big airport. You've got the welcome across the border. You've got Chesterford Research Park. You've got probably more than average amount of housing applications. Um, how does that work? It sounds a teensy bit like trying to get a quart into a pint pot. Does there need to be a sort of a fundamental rethink, or is it just a case of do things better and quicker? Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I think, as I was saying, I mean, the way you, the way you express it there, when you think of the airport, the, the local plan agenda that we have. Um, I mean, I've worked in other authorities, mainly in London, and they have been a lot bigger than the authority we have. Um, would we want more resources? Well, I suppose yes, ideally we would. But as I was saying before, I think improvement in the, the way services have been provided by changing the way we work. Um, that's still bearing itself in, um, but uh, I think it's a combination of both. We have actually, through the, the government introduced last year, the, the ability to raise 20, of your planning application fee, the, the actual fees that come in, 20% um, of that you can actually use to benefit the planning service. So last year we brought in around about 200,000 on that basis by, by introducing that 20% fee. So we've had it agreed by a corporate management team that we can actually bring in two additional new planning officers. Uh, we've appointed to those posts now, and they are at the, the lower end of the scale, I think it's fair to say, which is good, because again, that brings the whole grow-your-own type thing. So they come in, we'll probably have to train them a little bit, but by doing that, you're more likely to keep them for three, five years or whatever. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make that point. I mean, that, that, you, you, you can always ask for more resources. We know that we live in difficult financial times. We're trying to be realistic about it. Um, but I do think there's an element of improving the way we work and, as I said, using the analogy of plate spinning, maybe some of the plates we let drop or we don't put on the sticks in the first place, if that makes sense. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, you wanted to make an observation? Then yes, thank Lodge. you, Chair. And it, it's sort of a bit of a question. question. the organization and admiration I I to get it done and so that Answer now, but you could say, well, if you like, or you do better rather than do the job better. This is a spin free zone, Nigel. <laughs> Petrina? <laughs> I, I just want to clarify something because of um, rumour and, and, and unsurety. So, when a major application comes in, 
and they pay extra money for an officer to be allocated to that, like the airport one. That extra money, does that come into your planning department? Because you've obviously lost an officer, haven't you? Because that officer is now being focusing on that big planning application. So does that money come into your department so you can create another role for somebody else to take over from that person who's doing the one job? Or does the money go into the general council fund usually? The PPA has to go towards the planning to backfill the process. There is instance, I mean, airport, for example, a lot of contributions for rental health and consultants around that had to do. So it could fund another part of the council, which is also assisting in doing that. And environmental health is very much like there's almost like a, a complete health officer that's funded simply planning efficiency. That's because therefore the money coming in for a PPA is not going to fund for a club. Anything like that. So, so it, we're in a position where we're moving forward in a way. At the moment, we've got a handful of PPAs which, which are the database of how, how much we need to get into officers, specifically a handful of PPAs each. Then you need to backfill that particular post. But that's all to do with their management resource because. You know, part of you know, part of my vision is quite often it's a team leader that's doing those PPAs moving forward, or a senior planning officer moving forward. What's not getting done as a result of them is possibly managing household applications and signing off household applications. So maybe it's a management resource that needs to be filled. But instead, it becomes the norm moving forward that we've got a suite of PPAs, that it is the way forward. Only then can we actually say, well, actually these guys are dealing with all these PPAs. There's a resource coming in that needs to fund. At the moment, because we've got, what is it, five or six to go, it's six, not it's six, which is basically one officer's got one each probably at the moment. So, the project management Thank you. Oh, Councillor Christiani. Sorry, just on that point, it's actually a very interesting one because uh, I was privileged enough to be in the, the first GAP meeting uh, of this year um, to see that major applications were actually okay in terms of the determination periods. Um, just goes to show that you know we might be doing something right in that area. And so, yeah. as a committee, our emphasis on major applications may well still be there, but perhaps uh, needs to be adjusted, um, especially when you look at, say, household applications or minor applications where the results aren't as good. Um, so that would, that would be my comment on that. Um, but I, yeah, I absolutely agree with the, uh, the route through which we kind of lead planning applications, or at least major planning applications. Does anybody have any more questions for Gordon or Nigel, or can we let them go home? Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll doubtless be talking to you again both in this forum and in the specific working groups, but thank you for coming. Thank you for being so open with us. Very kind. Safe journey home. See you in the morning. <laughs> for the bus trip. <laughs>
<laughs> Don't forget your sandwiches. <laughs> um, now, we could take the substantive matters eight and nine now, but I think that would be a little bit unfair to councillors uh, Lees and Lodge, who I think probably spend rather more time in this building in the evening than they would perhaps wish. So, shall we move on to item seven, governance arrangements, and uh, get them home reasonably early as well? Oh, I'm going home and the council. <laughs> <laughs> your private affairs are a matter for yourself. You're very welcome to stay here. Um, The floor is open to you. Okay, right. thank you very much indeed. Um, so we have two matters to discuss. First of all, the um, extraordinarily detailed and highly professional uh, scoping statement produced by um, councillors Crisioni, Evans, and Jones, and how we wish to amend, if at all, that uh, very impressive document or whether we really wish them well in their endeavours and look forward to their reports and indeed if they wish some additional assistance from other members of the committee or they're quite content to deal with that themselves and then the applications from the planning or the proposals from the planning advisory service whether we accept those as drafted and any other observations or proposals that Councillor Count as chair of that working group has and whomsoever might wish to join him in his deliberations. So, would Councillor Evans, would you wish to introduce the scoping statement? You're down as spokesman. Thank you, uh, Chair. Uh, the draft scoping report which uh, we three have prepared was prepared by us um, using our own uh, research resources so it is not the product of consultation with uh, our planning officers here nor with any other department here at Uttlesford so to that extent it's certainly not intended to be a document uh, completely written in stone and not capable of um, uh, if there were uh, any helpful suggestions from uh, anyone, whether, whether uh, in this room or outside, then I'm sure that we three would be very amenable to uh, uh, listen to those suggestions. Um, we would, I think, also like to comment that the purpose of the scoping report is not to, be, not to set out to be critical of what's actually gone on historically here at uh, at Uttlesford. It's intended to be a document which we can use uh, in order to improve the performance of Uttlesford in relation to planning uh, obligations in the future, whether that be Section 106s uh, or SILs or a combination uh, of them. Uh, we do feel that there is quite a lot of uh, work uh, which, we, which, we will which we will be capable of doing uh, ourselves in terms of uh, desktop research um, and Councillor Jones is um, certainly familiar with uh, research and we also have the benefit of Councillor Christiani's uh, know-how and expertise working in 
the industry. So I think uh, among us as a, as a threesome, if I can describe us as that, I think that our skill set will be uh, complementary one of uh, the other. Uh, you did ask, uh, uh, Chair, whether or not uh, we might extend our work into other areas uh, at, a, at a macro type of level. Uh, and we did comment that we thought that might be a bit premature uh, at this stage. Um, Councillor Christioni has uh, quite rightly uh, raised a question as to the sort of timetable that we might aspire to work to here. Uh, we did um, a report by next year, and I think we still feel that we could actually get uh, our work completed by that point in time. It would obviously be desirable if the report within the um, Council's uh, year uh, in the hope that we could have something in place which would be effective from, uh, the, for the 2020-2021 year. Uh, course of the last uh, weeks, um, as I said earlier, a number of um, people, uh, the planning uh, officers association, who are either planning officers or members in other local authorities, uh, and I think that that uh, will provide us with very useful sources of practice in other and so uh, we would have grounding upon which we can commence our work. Um, perhaps I could just ask uh, Councillor Christioni if you'd like to add some comments um, at that point and then perhaps Councillor Jones to conclude any observations which we might have. Uh, thank you. Uh, I mean a very comprehensive coverage of what we're trying to do. The, the emphasis really is on improving performance in the future. Um, I would say of the objectives, looking back and reviewing the that clearly sort of has the implication of resourcing on the planning committee in mind, the planning committee, the planning officers in the departments, um, which I think is also crucial. One of the first things that we said um, was that in order to try and improve. First thing I would say, yes, Council Evans has done a sterling job. Um, I've had kind of a small input into it, but over the next number of months, I'm sure it's going to get um, stay within the scope of what the, the review will be, um, and it will develop in as we as we go along, really, to find out and 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 see what the processes are and how they can be improved. Uh, and obviously, the March deadline it looms, um, but I'm sure we'll be able to do it. Any observations from other councillors? Chair, I'll commend the report. Actually, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm so pleased you've actually brought into that the uh, town and parish council section. I think that's very, very important to the whole document. Um, 
Again, I ask the question, will we have a review of this in September, just how far you've got? Uh, yes, we'd be very pleased uh, to provide you with a stage report um, as to where we've uh, got by uh, uh, September uh, and uh, periodically thereafter. Um, perhaps we can do that periodically in an informal way by email uh, among us, um, not necessarily having to wait for uh, formal committee meetings. No more questions. Excellent report. Thank you, I concur. It's a superb piece of work. Um, one question, two observation. Would you like further membership of the panel? It seems you're an extremely effective little group, and so I'm minded to sort of leave you to get on with it, but the option should be put to you. Uh, that's very kind, uh, Chair. Uh, I think we would be quite content to proceed as we are um, as a threesome. Um, we all live in relatively close uh, proximity one to the other, so it would be quite easy for us to meet informally um, uh, from time to time. Thank you. Um, secondly, being a dyed-in-the-wool bureaucrat, could I just suggest that to the scoping statement, we add some Weasley phrase that gives you the right to consider other such matters as may from time to time arise and be deemed relevant, so that if you find something that you want to go and look at, you have the power to do so without it causing um, difficulties as to whether you're acting ultra vires. So perhaps some suitably worded amendment. Uh, we would be pleased to... Um to adopt that approach, uh, uh, but I just ask the question rhetorically whether or not that would first require us to come back to the committee and extend our scope or mandate, uh, but uh, I think there's a shaking of the head from uh, Sorty over there. So. I think that we're in the position now where we can define your remit as broadly as we like and whilst I thoroughly welcome the clarity and specificity you've brought to this, I wouldn't want you to feel that you couldn't disappear off down a particularly interesting avenue should you encounter one. Not necessarily that you will. That, um, one aspect perhaps which I could... Um conclude on by saying that I know that members of the planning committee have also talked among themselves about um, the procedures and um, so far as their committee is concerned and it perhaps is important for us not to be treading on their toes and uh, vice versa. Uh, I have taken the liberty uh, as Councillors Jones and Christiani know of providing a copy of the Councillor Storr is a function as well um, uh, as uh, 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 so uh, perhaps we can not to um, get our size levens on each other's patch. I have no doubt about your diplomatic abilities whatsoever. Um, final thing, yes, I think we would welcome updates in as brief and informal a matter as you think fit and as the times you think fit. Um, I believe officers have some observations and questions. 
Just got two points to um, <clears throat> uh, just uh, let the committee know about. Um, I had the opportunity to talk through this scope with um, Nigel and Gordon prior to this meeting, and I th they've, 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 they've touched on it already, but they, um, they, they think it would be a genuinely helpful piece of work. They uh, think it's, it's, it's well-grounded, it's a realistic scope and a realistic timescale, and they are you know, really, really up for it. Um, we would be appointing, um, and I have asked him, um, Nigel as lead officer for this. Um, you know, it does need that expert in-depth knowledge. Um, so he would be the officer point of contact, which I think will also help ensure that it doesn't duplicate work going on in the planning committee or elsewhere as well, because obviously he's lead officer of the planning committee too. So um, that should work. The other thing is that I've had a conversation with the internal audit manager um, about this. Um, on the audit plan for 1920 is... Um, development management and separately section 106 agreements um, she's had a look at this scope and what she's proposing to do is to not um, conduct the section 106 obligations um, audit while scrutiny is doing its work because she thinks that, um, that they have a risk-based approach to audit and they think that a lot of the uh, a lot of the things they would be looking at are going to be covered under this scope anyway and there is you know no point in duplicating effort so for now she's not going to do the section 106 audit while this work's going on and she'll see what the outcome of this review is before deciding if there is uh, any value in internal audit having a look at 106 after the review is finished. Um, she's intending to continue with the um, audit of development management though, which I think is in the third quarter of this year, I believe. I think you might have just answered it in what you just finished on, but that, that work hasn't started yet by the internal auditor? No. no. Right, if there are no further observations, can I propose that we resolve to establish the working group consisting of Councillor Evans, Councillor Jones and Councillor Crischione and that they work to the terms of reference in the scoping statement as amended by discussions held at this committee? I second that, Chair. Thank you. All those in favour? Good. Carried. Thank you very much indeed. Um, major planning application processes. Councillor LeCount. I think I've got to wait until I find out a little bit more about actually where we're going to go with me on the planning actually before I can actually make any statements on that. Thank you. Just so members understand what is um, being proposed by the planning advisory service, um, this is an initial stage where we um, spend a day talking to officers and members and conduct a, uh, a review of um, documentation and so on and so forth. Um, so it's essentially it's a scoping review and from that they will be able to come back and tell the committee what in their view they think warrants further investigation. Um, so I'm just scrolling through to try and find the report. Um, so if you look at page 27 of the pack, um, page, yeah, page 27 and 28, so where it says the review 
notes on page 28 of the pack. That is the stage that they're looking at at this stage. So desktop review of planning policy framework, pre-application processes, um, scoping meetings, uh, on-site interviewing with sample planning staff and planning committee members and so on and so forth. And then from that, they'll report back. Um, they've indicated that if this gets to go ahead tonight, they should be in a position to compense work at the end of July and have their uh, report in September. Whether it will be in time for September scrutiny committee, I, I don't know, but um, that's the sort of skills they're talking about. And then following that, um, the larger document in this, we've got two points on page 32 of the pack. Those are the areas that uh, they'll be able to say we think that these particular things need a further look. Now, um, there's no difficulty with the um, scrutiny committee setting up a uh, task and finish group for this piece of work tonight, but just members need to be aware that there's not really going to be anything for that group to do until at least the planning advisory service have completed this initial stage. Um, and once that reports back, perhaps that working group could um, take a look at it and discuss and see what they think uh, might be needed to be done going forwards. Do you think, Chair, that we might just wait until September before we put that group together? Then we can find more about whether I can actually chair it? Um, very sensible. Can we appoint you as chair in the interim, subject to regulatory clearance? Accepted. So, um, if I may, can I propose that we accept the proposals from the Planning Advisory Service and ask them? Sorry, could I just um, mention the involvement of, of, of the Planning Advisory Service in the work which we three will be undertaking? We had um, proposed that we would be approaching the PAS for their help and their input and I just wondered whether or not there was any opportunity to combine uh, the work which they were to be which they are to be undertaking under this major review with any assistance that they might they might give us we three uh, in order to uh, try and uh, save some um, uh, some money and some time if there is any element of time duplication uh, perhaps it could be uh, it could be minimized um, uh, so that may be something for us to uh, look at. Very sensible suggestion. I'll ask officers if it's possible to extend or statement uh, or scope of works. Piece of work is. No budget. Um, six work
demands it would be nice just to get an indication of costs and feasibility as this would clearly be cognate to the existing or the work they're going to be carrying out and would aid our working group in speed and in quality of information they had access to. I have to say, um, it's, it was still quite concerning, perhaps because I've got consideration of planning obligations coming out my ear holes at the moment, um, that there, is, there isn't any consideration when we're reviewing the planning policy framework and pre-application processes of planning obligations when they're undertaking a review of major planning applications. Um, so regardless of whether it would aid us as a task and finish group, I was a little surprised that there wasn't any inclusion of that within their scope at this stage. I know that there may well be a later stage if they move forward, um, but to not see it in there at all, I may have missed it, but to not see it in there at all was a little surprising. I think this document and the proposal from the Planning Advisory Service is very much a start of a 10 to get the process underway, especially given the constraints we have with a live application. Um, I would suggest you need be no doubt about the rotten So may I propose that we accept the proposal from the Planning Advisory Service and ask officers to take this matter to procurement and can I also propose that we establish a working group, the members to be determined at a later date but the chair to be counselled. Do I have a seconder? Thank you. All those in favour? Excellent. Well that's two bits of business out of the way. We can move on and ask the leader and deputy leader to uh, well, regale us with their uh, proposals. So obviously we came, we came along for the, uh, I, I came along clearly for the planning item, uh, but, but also you wanted to, to look at the, the proposals for the reorganisation of the, of, of the democratic system here. Indeed, our original feeling, well, our original um, thoughts were that we as a committee would have a role in the proposed move away from back to a committee-based system, but clearly it will be imprudent and improper to disappear off down that particular avenue without discussing it with the two of you first and determining both what your proposals are and how you wish to go about it. Okay, well, um, this did in fact come out at uh, a, a cabinet. Um, I'm not sure who was, who was present, who was listening to that. But, the, but, but the, um, my proposal was to hold this as a subcommittee of council. And hence, to be honest, I'm not sure then of the, the, rule of, the role of scrutiny up front uh, in, in that process. But let, let, me, let me just tell you what, 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 what I um, propose to do. We have um, um, a very rough timetable and schedule for um, 
the, uh, the, the piece of work, and it is a major piece of work, and it will lead to, if, if we can stick to the timetable, to an implementation at full council next year, 2020. So we're heading, we're heading towards that. That is, that is our timescale. Um, to say up front, and in fact it was the chief executive who, who made me aware of this, a lot of people have talked about going back to a committee system. The point that was made is that we're not going back to a committee system. We may be going forward to a committee system which, which could very well be different from uh, uh, the, the, any previous system here or elsewhere. And so we want to have the full scope to, uh, to do that. My proposal then is to, to kick off with a working group and I'm proposing um, it will in fact now have nine members. Um, the constitution will be uh, five from R4U, four from the Lib Dems uh, and one each from uh, the independent group and, uh, and the Conservative Party. Does that add up? Yes, I think it does. Five, no, wait, no, so five, two, five, it's five, two, one, one, apologies, yeah, so five, two, one, and in fact, this, this was, uh, this was very ki kindly proposed, I, I had, a, in fact, suggested a four, two, one, one system, which would, uh, sounds like a football attack, but um, it was uh, proposed, in fact, by, by the leader of the Conservative Party that uh, we didn't want to, in fact, have a tight cabinet and, and again, have sort of a tied group and have a chairman making a difficult decision. Uh, hence, so uh, the Conservative Party kindly proposed that uh, we would have an overall, that overall majority on, on, that, uh, on that group. Um, so I'm at the moment in the, in, the, uh, in the process of recruiting members to that. Um, the, the, the leaders agreed then at... Uh, group leaders meeting yesterday that, that uh, we would waive what was a formal political balance on this and that that would be the, the composition. Um, I'm formulating my members and the other leaders will, will propose members um, from, from their parties and the plan is that we will then go to the full council meeting at the end of July with that proposal with the aim that that is adopted by council and there will be a work plan, uh, uh, an initial work plan to go with that. So that is my report and my position on the way we intend to go. Deputy Leader. I concur with that. I came because I was summoned, sir. <laughs> Uh, no, no. We, we don't have anything else to discuss. We don't have anything else. I don't have anything else to bring to the table. To be honest, John's put it all concisely. What we're doing, what we're going to do, and I'm sure the scrutiny committee will be looking at it once the decision has been made. Well, just, just a bit more in that I am not not 100% au fait with all that scrutiny might and how it and how it may may play as being a rule of the council. So uh, I'm very much open to, to scrutiny to, to, to put forward their ideas and suggest how they may well want to participate in the process. Would members have suggestions as to how scrutiny might take a role in the process? Chair, I'd like to give some consideration to that before I make this announcement, if I may. Very, very wise. I think uh, the relationship that 
is ongoing between yourself as the chair and the executive and specifically the leader um, is probably enough to get by at this stage. Uh, that's my, my own opinion on it. Um, I trust that you'll report to members of the committee should there be need to do so. Um, this is a colossal piece of work and I, I think it's absolutely right that it's a subcommittee of the council that looks at it and not the scrutiny committee. It would take all of our time, I've no doubt of that. Um, and so that's most welcome. Councillor Day. You have full rights. I, I appreciate that, but you know, I'm six months. Uh, you've given me this. Um, I'm don't want to duplicate anything. And, you know, time is quite precious to all of us. So I support what the leader is actually saying. Scrutiny then has a look at it once um, the working party has put it together. But there's no point in uh, us, I think, uh, fiddling around with it until uh, till it's got a shape. I, w I would go along with uh, that, I think, until there's a, um, a skeleton on which some flesh can be placed. I think it's uh, not possible for us to express any view one way or the other. With the new um, memorandum of understanding, you request of the work between the cabinet and the scrutiny committee. Just the role of scrutiny would be to ask interested questions about the benefit of any proposals that come forward, the costs, the risk of implementation, and the intended outcomes. And I think it would be quite improper if we were to intrude on the work of this group you're about to set up but by the same token could I suggest that once this group has reached its penultimate deliberations uh, it comes to us before it goes to full council for consideration and approval so that we can give whatever input may be appropriate at the time. Indeed, always happy to do that. Uh, one, one thing I'd forgotten to actually say in that this, as this is um, by its nature a governance issue, we will in fact have to work with the, with the GAP committee as well. And so maybe officers could advise us as to what the, the, the proper process actually is because I'm obviously very keen to follow the proper processes. We wouldn't wish to inadvertently tread on the uh, toes. Officers have any observations or comments that might be of value? I think it, it might be, I mean it's for each group to decide who it wants represented on the working group but some membership from uh, scrutiny and some membership from CAP would probably make sense. I recommend the chair. I was going to disqualify myself on precisely that basis. <laughs> I'll have to discuss this with my group leader who may have firm views on the matter. Not on my watch. <laughs> um, it, it strikes me that this is a matter that which we'll need to come back to and we're not going to be able to make any formal resolutions at this time. Is everybody content with that? I think we've probably conducted the same business. Not quite last time but not bad
plus cher. 